Hey, it's Dr. Gala again, and we are going to answer some questions, some of the commonly asked questions related to this section of the MOLT Method program around establishing order in our world. So let's get started here. Uh, number one is, how do I release what's creating clutter in my world? Wow. Um, one of the things that I share with people is um, that it's natural to resist clearing clutter. And sometimes you don't even really realize why you have so much resistance. But um, we've moved quite a few times and I moved before that far too many times to count on my fingers and toes. So um, what happens when we try to clear the clutter is every thing that we're trying to clear has some emotional attachment. Maybe not everything, but a lot of the things we're trying to clear have an emotional attachment. And so when there's this emotional attachment to the thing, every single thing we're trying to purge gives us this anxiety, if you will, and you've got this emotional processing that has to happen. And so it's natural that you just feel like drained in the process, but just like any sort of um, emotional processing that you do at the end of it, when it's done, you feel much better, much lighter, but boy, going through it is not a cakewalk. So just be gentle with yourself. And when you're ready to do this purging, uh, the purging particularly, um, you want to just um, go easy on yourself and give yourself a little time to um, psych yourself up and, um, and then, you know, finish the processing that needs to happen so that you really get all the value out of this clutter clearing process. Where do I start when it feels like clutter is everywhere? So I suggest you make another list <laughs> um, at the risk of making a list that uh, makes your life a little more hectic in the short term. If you will just make a clutter to clear list and just list all those places. And one of the things that I was taught to do in the clutter clearing process is to try to make the task things that you can do in 15 to 30 minutes. So you may not be able to fully like get everything thrown away or, um, or, you know, finish the entire process, but let's just say you need to clear a closet. Typically we couldn't maybe clear a whole closet depending on the size of the closet in one, you know, 15 or 30 minute um, session, but you should be able to clear one um, rack of clothing, um, one section of the closet. So if you've got a closet, for example, just it's clear section one, section two, section three, section four, section five, section six. If you've got drawers that need to be, um, you know, cleared, you've got clear the drawer that's next to the washing machine, clear the drawer that's next to the refrigerator, you know, um, 
you just list all the places that need to be cleared in these little 15 to 30 minute blocks. And then the awesome um, beauty of this list is that we find ourselves with 15 to 30 minutes in between things a lot. And so if you've got it on the list and you've said it's important, you know you need to handle this, now it's on the list and you can just say, okay, that's on the list. I'm gonna go do this one section of the closet and throw the stuff in a bag that I know needs to get donated or whatever. And so I'm gonna stick that in a pile somewhere out of the way until I can get through the whole thing, but I'm going to clear this one, um, this one rack. And so as we go through all of these areas, you'll just be surprised that they'll accumulate just magically. And before you know it, you'll have it done. And something that you've been thinking needed to happen for years will miraculously be, be done in a matter of a few weeks. And so, um, so you just have to break it down into chunks that are manageable rather than thinking you're gonna spend a whole weekend. So for example, we really need to go through our storage unit, but because it's not something that we can do without help of like some guys that can help us um, with the heavy furniture and that sort of thing that it's gonna have to be moved around. It is. A project. And it's something I've got to schedule moving guys to help us peel all the stuff out of storage. And then we've done it before and we end up running out of time and energy, honestly. And so it never really fully gets done the way it needs to get done. So, you know, I do realize that there are some projects that really are just like a hot mess that aren't easy to do in these 15 to 30 minute um, chunks. So let's just take advantage of these 15 to 30 minute chunks and do what we can do because every little piece of it is going to lighten our load. Should I create a to-do list even when it hasn't helped in the past? Well, I hope that you listened to the exercise and maybe you just gave it a try. Um, this is not your standard to-do list. And I would encourage you to have some sort of note-taking space. I use Evernote. Some people use Notion. Some people use just their note-taking app in their phone. So I don't really care where that is for you, whatever works for you, something that is uh, kind of permanently with you. But it really helps to have this, like, more than three years, like three plus years, long-term archived sort of things that aren't going to be addressed in the short term where you can capture ideas. That's honestly the most important component of the to-do list because those are all the things that have little pieces of your mind share and are the open loops that keep you um, really stressed, keep your um, sympathetic nervous system on overdrive. How do I pr prioritize what's on my to-do list? Well, I, again, walked through this process in the exercise, so I'm not going to go through this again, but I will just remind you that 
we went through a process of identifying where things fall in our um, in our what can be done. And once we have kind of broken that down, then we can get real about what we are doing and what we really should be doing. Can you give me more examples to help me apply the picky approach? So the, per, the picky is the personal craziness index. Again, I talked to you about this in the module. Uh, personal craziness index was developed by uh, Dr. Patrick Carnes. So you might search and um, find the personal craziness index online. Um, I will also include um, a link in the um, resources for this program. But um, the personal craziness index is going to apply anytime you've got something in your world that is really out of order. So for example, um, the refrigerator is maybe another really good example of this. How often do we have things in our refrigerator that need to be thrown away? They're way outdated. We thought we were gonna use that ingredient for something and we bought it. Maybe we used a little bit of it, but we had to buy a whole bag. And now it's outdated. And even if we wanted to make something, it would be too um, old to be able to use. We'd have to buy it over anyway. This is another one of those areas that, um, that we see on a really regular basis, like our car, every time we open the refrigerator, anytime we go to the grocery store or you know, possibly even aren't going to the grocery store because we think of like bringing the groceries home and having the challenge of trying to figure out how to cram it into the refrigerator. So I think that maybe is another um, good example of what an area in your world that is pretty common to most people where the refrigerator gets pretty out of control pretty fast. How do I make amends for times when I've forgotten something really important? So I think um, I shared with you the story of my mom forgetting to pick my sister up from school when she was very young. She would have been second grade. And, um, and you know, forgetting to pick up your child at school certainly is something that you would regret. But something in the um, my mother's shame about it, or maybe feeling like um, my sister had overreacted and like would never let her live it down. Um, they just had this friction over it um, forever. And so one of the things that might be really helpful if you know that this is an issue in your world is to get some help, get some counseling, see if you can do some sort of um, uh, relationship counseling session where you can try to reconcile that. It would be really helpful, not just for you, but also the other person. Um, anytime we're holding a grudge, 
that is really toxic energy that is being stored in our bodies. And so, um, so sometimes it's just something that has gotten really just stuck in a loop and people will say, I can't forgive this. And, um, and I challenge you to reframe that and say, I don't know how to forgive this. And I'm open to getting help um, working through it. What should I do when I've hurt someone I care about? So um, I would probably answer this question similarly, that, um, that if you've hurt someone and, um, and you know that you've hurt them, then the most important thing is to own up to it and say, you know, I, I imagine I really hurt you with my actions or inactions or what I said. And, um, and I really feel bad about that. It was not my intention to hurt you or, or if it was my intention to hurt you, I feel really bad that I got it twisted around in my mind to the point where I intended to hurt you. And I really want to, I really want to learn from this and figure out how to not do that again, because we would never want to intentionally hurt somebody. Honestly, even if they've hurt us, we would not want to intentionally hurt someone. Tip for tat is not a way to live your life and certainly not a way to, um, to establish order in your world. And so if you recall, when we talked about mindset in the last section, I told you that I don't believe that we should just um, basically um, do a spiritual bypass, meaning, you know, oh, well, I'll just pretend it didn't happen. I'll pretend it's okay with me. If it's not okay with you, then it's important to process it and to express your feelings but you need to do that in a way that isn't intended to hurt anybody. The, the reason you're processing the feelings is so that you can let it go and that it's not the resentment and that um, negative emotion, the toxicity from that negativity is not something that is um, hanging around in your body. And you certainly don't want to you know, put that dark cloud on somebody else. And lastly, how can I practice forgiveness when I am feeling resentment? Well, I think I just uh, <laughs> I just talked about this one as well. So um, sometimes it does require help um, in the form of a counselor who is well-versed at dealing with this. And as I mentioned just a moment ago, um, we can't rush the process. Sometimes we really do need to feel and experience all these emotions. Um, and if, again, if you recall in the last section, in the mindset section, I said that it if it had been more than a few months and you just find yourself really not able to work through something and it's just repeatedly reminding you and getting you um, re-triggered, um, then you need to get some professional help working through it. Um, I can't say enough how important it is that we let these toxic emotions go and not just pretend we let them go. We have to actually process them and work through them. And so, um, so you know, forgiveness is 
a really challenging subject for a lot of people to deal with. And, and it's common for people to think that whoever it is they're holding a grudge against doesn't deserve forgiveness, but forgiveness is something we do for ourselves, not something we do for the other person. And, um, you may also remember me sharing um, a statistic when I was doing my doctorate um, uh, dissertation. One of the studies I found was a study that um, they had studied quite a large group of people. And the people that ended up developing disease, particularly cancer, in many cases, had gone through some really troubling situation and they ended up kind of sinking into a depression and had not been able to work through it and come out of it. And that um, dis-ease internalized and escalated to disease for them. So just, you know, not a small problem, and um, we all have things that we've experienced in our lives that challenge us to work through. So there is absolutely no shame and no reason not to find um, a good counselor if that's what you need to help you work through some of these um, resentments that may um, uh, be accumulating as toxicity for you. And that brings us to the end of this order section of the Molt Method program. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one.